Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Straight from New York. Yo, yo, this handsome ass. You are now tuned in to Joe the Funk Master. Watch your grill, yoga, knock that cold faster. Talking shit, now we talking facts. Where the mountain off the back, you in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches, they find home on your mind about a double. This the weekly scraps. You don't need a map. GPS, I'm right here to lead a dash. The world doesn't know it needs, but I roll the seas. Planet, fuck a name and the fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name, how you may spell it uh, It ain't shit, it ain't shit Motherfucker Episode 165. We are rocking and rolling, man. 2022. All the way in February, Valentine's Day. Thank you guys for tuning in as always. Don't forget to hit that like button. We're going to recap. Oh, my new look. Oh, I thought you guys might have noticed. <laughs> I'm back to the baby face killer. I don't know how much longer I'm going to leave it like this. I was thinking to shave it off and give it a fresh start and then grow my beard fresh. To give it a, like a nice, thicker, fuller look. Because some spots are still a little bit like it'll grow. Like some spots down here will grow a little bit longer. And then compared to like the top, it'll kind of grow a little bit uneven. So I was thinking if I gave it a fresh shave, kind of like how you trim the top of your hair. And you could kind of get like the fresh roots. I, I know I didn't have to shave it all the way down. But let it grow all the way out through the, the, the pores, you know. To, to give it a fresh start kind of thing. And to see how fast it will grow leading up into the fight. <clears throat> But I am thinking about shaving it, keeping the shave or trimmed for the rest of this week. And then maybe next week, start the, the bearding process all over again and see how long it will take to, to grow back my facial hair. And I'm still debating whether or not I'm going to take people up on that challenge. Not challenge, but that um, recommendation to grow the beard and leave the mustache. I think it would just be funny um, in the sense of what, like, because I... People associate that with Dagestan and they associate the if the beard gives you like powers for wrestling. I'm a wrestler, so it's kind of like it gives that association factor, I guess. Um, and to see if it gives me any extra superpowers, which I think would be hysterical. Imagine I go out there and I land like 20 takedowns in this next one. People are gonna be like, wow, it had to be the beard. It had to be the beard, no stash. That's the play, that's the move. Um, but I'm. I, I am shocked myself to see myself like I don't think I've had to let myself clean shaven like this and I don't shave I don't because then I get like the razor burns and bumps I don't know how to really properly care for that and you're supposed to like heat it up with the towel the aloe and uh, that's a whole process for me I, I can't do all that I cut my own hair shape it up do my own fades and stuff not too bad right but to do all that with the beard it's a whole process man I, I don't got that kind of time this takes forever to do just to, to fade it and cut it the right way. But, yes, yeah, so I, I was thinking about growing it back and, and seeing how how well this thing could grow back in and, and just kind of do all that. But to see myself in the mirror, like, walking past it, I'm like, I still freak out. Like, yo, I haven't seen my face like this since 2017. That's when I fought um, Rafael Sunset, I think, after that in January. I start to grow my hair out the end of January, January 29th. I think that was that fight. Um, in Denver, right here, January 28th, and a little split decision, and I grew my beard, um, and then Marlon Marais, I had, so I think 2018, when I fought Jimmy Rivera, is when I finally grew, like, I grew it, and then I kind of had, like, a goatee, and then I kind of would do the mustache, the pointy mustache, 
and then just had like the little soul patch at the bottom. But now I'm just like I grew the beard out from 2018 after I lost to Marlon, and uh, I don't think I ever stopped growing it ever since then. The Bert Johns fight, well Bert Johns, oh actually I lied. Bert Johns fight I had clean shaven as well. I remember that fight because I had the braids. Um, so when did I start doing this? 2018, Cody Stamen. No, so 2019. 20, oh, because I fought Jimmy Rivera in 2019. I, I said 2018. 2019 is when I started doing it, when I fought him in Arizona. And that's also not a, not down here. It's upstairs. Um, but, yeah, let's get into these fights, man. UFC 271. This was a fun fight card from pretty much beginning to end. Uh, the main event, people could say what they want in terms of maybe it wasn't the most exciting in terms of what people have come to expect out of Israel Adesanya and Robert Whittaker. But I think when you have a high-level chess match like this, it's a game of inches. Whoever makes the first mistake, I was very impressed to see Adesanya pressing as much as he did, going for almost the entire 25 minutes. And... I was a little, not lit, but I, I think I had maybe two drinks, two, three drinks, because I, I had to count the shot. So three drinks throughout the night of watching the fights from about, this was in Vegas time, so from about 6 p.m. to when the fights were over to about, what, 10.30 at night or something like that along those lines. So to have three drinks in that time period, that's not terrible. Um uh, so I wasn't like lit, but I was still, you know, I'm a lightweight after a workout, not eating too much during the day and then having that. So it kind of hit me a little faster than what it would normally do because I have like food in your body type of thing. Um, and I was getting sidetracked with some conversation, but watching it live, I, um, during the night I had Whitaker winning rounds two, four, and five. And round two was really close, but I felt like the takedown, even though there was nothing done with the takedown, because Izzy almost got right back up, but I thought the striking was pretty close and the takedown was like the only real separating factor. So for me, that was like, maybe that's the tiebreaker in that. And again, I'm just going by like what I would think and I'm not a judge, but clearly some of these judges are like just completely bad. Super technical, got taken down, got back up. The hard part with the with the takedowns from Robert was taking Izzy down in in against the cage and having Izzy be able to use that same cage to get back up and get back to his feet. Robert, a couple of times threatening with the back takes, um, one hook in, I think a few more transitional moves, gets Izzy back down on the ground, but Izzy is a tall, lanky dude, so picking him up, getting his feet off the ground, you got to get really underneath those butt cheeks and clasp those hands and really take that guy for a ride. Otherwise, he's going to be able to pull you up and... and Keep his feet on the ground and make it very, very difficult and make you expend a lot of energy trying to get him down to the ground. So great job from him. Whitaker for the great fight. I just think this is just one of those matchups that's just going to be really tough for him no matter what, where he's going to need to like catch Izzy. And But to catch Izzy when he's super sharp like that, a couple times point, um, pointing his hands out, you can just see the big domination with the, the reach advantage. And I think it's going to be very, very tough for Whitaker to ever overcome that. He could fight a guy like Cannon Air. He could fight a guy like Darren Till. He beat those guys, Kelvin Gastelum. But when it comes to Izzy, a much bigger, longer guy, it's a tough fight for anyone, not just for Whitaker. But I thought Whitaker fought great. I thought he gave a great performance. He did pretty much everything that he could, it seemed like. I, I did agree with Dana. I thought he was going to push a little bit more, like more shot attempts um, from Whitaker. But 
No, sometimes that's just the way the game goes. You know, you, you kind of take what the opponent gives you and you kind of follow the dance where Izzy was more so leading the dance. And that's my that's the way I assess that fight that night. I would have to go back and watch it again um, just to appreciate some of the, the little nuances that Izzy was bringing to the table that made things a little bit more difficult for Robert Whitaker to get around. The one thing I will say is just the way he held the range was just spot on, was money. Um, I thought Robert did a better job of just maintaining the distance Knowing when to attack, even though he was getting pushed back a lot, but still not taking that much damage on the outside and then trying to push forward when he could. I thought that was a much better uh, situation for him compared to the first fight, just running in and throwing caution to the wind and then getting clipped because obviously you play with fires, you get burnt. And that's what he did in that first matchup. And this one was a lot different, a lot more calculated. The uh, Robert Whitaker of old, that's just was the guy that got to the title fight and became a champ and the guy that beat all those guys on his way back to the title shot again after losing it to a guy like Israel Adesanya. So, fun fight, great fight. I don't know what goes on from here. I do think Kananir is probably the next guy in line. And Kananir at the age that he's at, crazy. That doesn't happen all that often, you know? Usually, you get out of your 30s, you're probably singing your swan song at some point, you know, and um, it's a young man's sport, and I don't think anybody can disagree with that overall. There are some anomalies. There are a couple of guys who are going to be older, a little bit more veteran-like, more savvy, know how to play the game and know how to get their hand raised when they need to get their hand raised, or Clay Guida, um, Andre Olaski, guys like that, you know, who can stick around, still get the job done, whether it's by finish or by decision, you know. So, um, but at the end of the day, this is definitely a young man's sport. So for a guy like Kenny to to be the next guy in line for Israel Adesanya, I think that's a fun matchup. We get to see it. It was either him or Brunson. That was kind of the battle of the older heads, and the top guys I think was a battle between three and number four. So um, Brunson had a great performance before that, but yeah. So we're gonna see what happens with Robert Whitaker next. It's gonna be tough for him to get that third title shot if Izzy's still the king. He's gonna have to do a heck of a lot and do it really, really well. Just keep beating all the contenders until Dana just has no choice but to put him back in there. That's all you can do. Beat who they put in front of you. Tied to Avasa, Derek Lewis, great fight from beginning to end. A couple of situations where Ty did the smart thing, slowing down Derek Lewis when he, Derek was pushing forward, trying to clip him with some of those bungalow fists. A couple of times, Ty looked like he was hurt. Definitely had to have been hurt. There's no way you can kind of be in those positions and say you weren't hurt, like, at all, uh, I think that would be a little bit hard to believe. Not saying impossible, just saying a little bit hard to believe because the way those fists were connecting, I'm like, Derek Lewis is a big, big dude. I know you're a big dude, too, but sometimes when it's just force, it's just physics, it's just biomechanics. When you get hit with a, a shot like that from another guy of, of equal but opposite force, it, it rattles your brain a little bit. Um, but... Taito Vasa has a chin, weathered the storm, and he got the knockout almost the same exact way he did in like one of his previous fights. Someone retweeted it. I retweeted it. Because I thought it was beautiful how he framed him up against the cage. And almost like the one guy, he shoved him straight backwards. When his head hit the cage, he steps in with the right elbow. Boom. Places it right on the chin. That guy falls. All impact. And it just looks like he just goes, doom-doom-doom-doom. Windows shuts down, leans forward, and falls face first. Same thing with the Lewis fight. He fell face first the same exact way um, after having the light shut off. When he ran that elbow in over the top, slammed it down, 
Lewis had nowhere for his head to go, so he ate the entire impact from the elbow. With his, it's almost like having your head on the ground and someone just dropping a hammer. It's like you lay your head on the ground and someone just drops a club on you. One time, your head has nowhere to go. You're absorbing all that impact from the fist, from gravity, with your head on the ground. Obviously, there's no gravity when you're standing up, um, pushing um, downwards on you in the sense of... Uh, like, if you're laying face up, like, gravity's pushing straight down your head, so the fist coming straight down uh, multiplies that impact a little bit, as opposed to you being standing straight up and taking the shot this way with gravity coming down this way. It's a little bit different. But at the same time, your head is still framed up against the cage. It has nowhere for it to go to kind of let the impact dissipate, and you absorb all that shock wave into your brain in the same way he fell previously, the other opponent, same way Derek Lewis fell. And that was a tough one to watch. Um, finishes like that are just... Super nasty, man. They're, they're brutal. You're, you're pretty much free-falling. And then you hit your head. And I like to think, and based on what some other people have said, that is a double concussion because it's a double impact attack. You get the one from the strike, the one from the impact of the ground. Now, if you just stand up, you just free-fall, don't have nothing blocking your face, and you hit the ground, you're going to hit the ground hard, and that is very concussion-like, if you ask me. Uh, so, Ty Tuivasa, new player on, t- in, 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 on campus. New player on campus for Ty Tuivasa. Big opportunity for him now to get the next title shot with maybe a win over his next opponent. I think that's five finishes in a row for Ty now. Um, smart guy, though. Weathered the early storm against a much bigger Derek Lewis. Yeah, five finishes in a row. Stefan Struve, Hunsucker, Greg Hardy, Augusta Sakai, who's really good. Um, and now Derek Lewis. So nowhere really for him to go but up. I mean, you got Stipe there. You got Cyril Gan. You got John Jones waiting to make his debut. Um, you got Tom Aspinall, but he's not ranked in the top five as of yet. Um Rosenstreich is there as well. So there's a couple of big names that he can also fight to solidify himself as the next guy. But I think right now they're going to kind of have to wait and slow down and to see how the rest of the division kind of plays out. Francis is out for a while having the surgery. They're probably going to do another interim title because we love interim titles. So that's probably going to happen. And um, Stipe... I think he's only taking a title shot at this point. And then you got John Jones. I think John Jones versus Stipe Miocic, interim title shot. The winner faces Ngannou. Matchmakers, your job is done. Thank me later. But beautiful performance. Derek Lewis, another hang his head about. Older guy as well. Passing of the guards for this one, in my opinion. Uh, Lewis about 30, um, 37. And Ty Duvas, I think it was 28. So almost, yeah. 28 years old, so almost a decade older. And uh, for him to be top three in the world, doing what he was doing to a lot of guys, two title shots, and now, again, coming up short. But um, it's a tough game, man. One day you're here, the next minute. One loss could change a whole lot. But that's where we're at. Um, This next one, we got Jared Cannonier versus Derek Brunson. Brunson looking very, very good in the first round. Uh, whether an early storm onslaught from Cannonier managed to get the single leg, I believe he dropped Cannonier if I, if I remember correctly. 
And it, that, the third of the takedown opens up a lot of striking opportunities. It has people really respecting that level change, and then instead of a level change, it's a punch coming over the top or down the middle. Derek Brunson, super long arms, cannon air as well, did a great job pushing the pace, got a couple of single leg attacks. Um, I was nervous in the beginning when he shot in and against the cage, Brunson was landing some vicious, vicious elbows. Brunson weathered the storm, got him down, uh, couldn't hold him down for too, too long, but held him down for a little bit, then took him down again with the, with the single leg. Then, of course, in Derek Brunson faction, he always gets tired. It tends to slow down. You look at the Darren Till fight. You look at the Shabazian fight. He he slows down at a point where it's just like, dude, how do you manage to hang on the way that you do and um, get these super exciting victories? Because when it looks like you're about to be out on your feet at 38 years old and then you come back and you win or you manage to stay the course when you're winning and then get hurt, and then managed to, to weather the storm again and win when you're on wobbly legs. That's very, very tough to do. But he does it time and time again. And that's what's super impressive about a guy like Derek Brunson. Um, the Darren Till fight, the Kevin Holland fight, Shabazian fight, Heinzenich, even the Elias fight. Uh, that was more grappling, though. I don't think he was ever really hurt in that one. But Kennedy did a good job. When he caught... Brunson, you kind of just knew, like, okay, this is the beginning of the end. Because when Brunson had him hurt, he opted for the rear naked choke, tries to get in where he probably would have been better off attacking the body or looking for head strikes to try to slow Kennedy down a little bit more other than just going for the choke where all he had to do was really hold on with a short amount of time left on the clock. What was it, like five, eight seconds? And Kennedy, oh, excuse me. JC, he connected, and you just knew, like, I don't see how Brunson's going to get back into this one. That It was just really tough to see that because Cannon Air, we know he hits like a freaking Mack truck. He sends guys to the gulags, like, for good. Well, not for good, but you know what I mean. He sends them there for good for the duration of the fight. And when he did this, this time, then he got the ground to pound. Brunson rolled over. He landed a couple more ground strikes. And we know that they always hype up the ground to pound and how devastating it is from a guy like Ken and Air and what he's able to do when he has guys hurt on the ground. He just he knows how to be very, very impactful and make every strike super significant. And that's what he did and put Brunson away. Vicious. He should be getting the next title shot, which Dana kind of confirms. Um, so... We're looking forward to that one to see how that one goes. Two anime guys going to scrap it out between Adesanya and Jerry Kennanier. And not the Moicano beating Alexander Hernandez. This was a good one, too. I thought Moicano looked great. Hernandez looked great at some points, too. And then when he slowed Moicano down in that first round, after he got the takedown, then he got he, they broke, and then he started to put the pace on Moicano. Then Moicano comes back in the second round and starts to tee up Hernandez. And once he tees him up, after that, it was just like the beginning of the end, and Moicano couldn't do, couldn't do no wrong at that point. Alex needs to find a way to get out of there, but he, he really couldn't, and uh, Moicano put the finishing touches on him. Moicano's one of those guys, man, super tough, coming up to 155, fought at 145 for, for a while, lost to Jose Aldo, moved up, then Aldo moves down to 35, which is it's just kind of hilarious when you see how like styles really do make fights. Um, I do think the moment might have gotten to Moicano a bit, when he fought Jose Aldo, two guys, big timers, very very uh, famous in Brazil, um, very popular fighters at the time in Brazil too. During that fight that they had, 
Aldo rips the body, puts him down, and gets him out of there in emphatic fashion. But then Moicano comes back, does this, especially having that crazy fight with Fazeev, where they're just banging, and then kind of just stayed there a little too long. Fazeev caught him with that left and hurt him pretty, pretty bad and got him out of there. But then you have Hernandez. He's still good to me, but then I feel like that fight with Cowboy Cerrone when he was like riding high with confidence. Um, he's 13 and 5, 29 years old. He lost to Cerrone. You know, he's supposed to be the next big thing. He beat Darius in his debut in a huge way. 42 seconds. Darius now in a title title fight eliminator. Um, against who's he fighting against? Uh, Islam Makachev. Winner of that is definitely gonna get the next title shot. I think. Lusa, he beats Benil, he beats uh, OAM, Mercier, then he loses to Cowboy after talking so much shit, which I get, because I like to talk shit too. <laughs> uh, he beats Trinaldo in a very, very not fun fight to watch. Uh, there was a lot of circling, a lot of, uh, there, w- there, was, there wasn't much going on to really score, but he did more to win, in my opinion. Uh, then he loses to Drew Dober. Beats Gritschmacher, which I thought was like a layup for him. And then he lost to Tiago Moises. Beat Mike Breeden and then loses to Moicano. So he's kind of had a rough go in the UFC. Up and down. Still tough dude. But again, Moicano, it was his night. He looked good in that second round. It's like he got a second burst to win. Because after that first grappling exchange, it looked like he got tired in the second round. After he got to rest up a little bit, came out, put the paces on with the hands, and then eventually got that rear naked choke finish and got Alexander Hernandez out of there. Bobby Green looked like a world beater. Now, there was a lot of good fights on this. I I, I don't want to go too crazy in depth with all these because we'll be here for a while. But Bobby Green looked good. This is probably the best he ever looked outside of his, obviously, you know, his last one. You know, I, I do think there's reasons. I, I don't want This is the, I'll just leave it positive. Bobby looked great in this fight against Nasrath, who I think hits hard. I've seen him crack on the pads. He looked like he was in phenomenal shape. Tough, tough dude. Can mix it up with the best of them. He went really good toe-to-toe with Dan Hooker. And in this one, Bobby Green comes out and pretty much threw so many strikes. It just looked like he couldn't miss that night. Um, I wonder what's next for him. I There's two in a row now for him, I believe. Mm-mm. Yeah, two in a row now in the UFC after dropping two to Tiago Moises and Rafael Fazeev. We'll see what's next for him in that stacked UFC lightweight division. But a lot of opportunity for him. Uh, fan favorite Houston was calling out for him and giving him a lot of Bobby chance. And I, I thought that was pretty good to see how how the fans are taking to him these days, especially before when he would talk a lot of shit during the fights, but he wasn't winning I think it got to a point where people were probably a little bit more annoyed with him. But stay you, stay being him, and kept doing that same thing. And now look where he is. You know, still riding, still beating people, and uh, doing it in a very entertaining and dominant way. What is that? Oh. Um, Casey O'Neill, Andre Olowski fight, split decision. I feel like Olowski has been winning a lot of fights by split decision. That's, that's one thing I definitely will say. Split, unanimous, unanimous, Rennick and Choke lost, unanimous, unanimous. Nope, so I was wrong. Um, a lot of his fights has just been going to decision. I think that's what I meant to say. At least that's what I was thinking. It's crazy because when he came back to the UFC, um, 
let me see. He beat he lost to Anthony Joshua. Came back to the and then he beat Mike Kyle. Fight Nights Global. He beat some guy. He come back to the UFC. He beat Brennan Shaw split. Antonio Silva round one. Travis Brown, he beat him round one. Frank Mir, he lost to no, he beat him by decision. Then lost to Stipe, round one. Overeem, round two. Josh Barnett. And Gano. Marcin Tabor by decision. Then wins two. Loses two. Won no contest. Loses again. Wins. Loses. Wins two. Loses one. Now he's won three in a row. He's had a ridiculous career. Like, this guy has had so many fights. Former UFC champion. 43 years old. 43. Super impressive. His record is 33-20-0. and 0. So 33 wins, 20 losses, no draws, two no contests. Casey O'Neill looked very good against Roxanne Matafari. That first round was the closest round for me. Then, obviously, um, in terms of like back and forth, Roxanne decided to stand, trade him, trade him up, bang him out for her last retirement fight. Second round was a little bit more towards Casey O'Neill, my opinion. Um, finding a home for her strikes a lot more often and a lot more frequently. And then in that third round, it was close. No, nah, Casey was still winning. And then somehow, I guess Roxanne decided, you know what, I'm going to try to like win now. And I'm not saying she wasn't trying to win before, but I'm going to try to use my bread and butter, which is take the fight to the mat. And she tried to at the last minute of the fight, and uh, she couldn't get to any dominant position, but it was looking like had she had done that from the beginning, maybe the fight's completely different. We have no idea. I think Casey O'Neill's ground game on top is very, very good. Um, her pressure, her striking, ground and pound, uh, off of her back. I'm not going to say she's a like BJJ wizard off of her back, like maybe like a, a Roxanne for the females division, or just in jiu-jitsu in general, but I do think Casey is savvy enough to be able to get back to her feet against a girl like Roxanne, find her openings, and look to hit some Gracie get-ups and uh, hip escapes to just get back to her feet. But if Roxanne had got on top earlier, I think that changes the complexity of the fight because now your arm's a little bit more heavy. Maybe you're not throwing the strikes with as much pop as you did in rounds one, two, and even the beginning of the three for, for both of them. So I, I, I do think if she had maybe wrestled earlier, it could have been different. But obviously, it's her retirement fight. She wants to go out with a bang, and that's what she did. She banged him out. And uh, no shame for Roxanne there for the young, undefeated prospect who's probably a future champion in Casey O'Neill, did phenomenal, had a split decision loss to her, even though I do think it was unanimous. I thought it was at least a 29, 28, maybe even 30, 27, in my opinion. But she did what she had to do for Casey, and she got the job done, and uh, I, I I love that she was playing the bad the bad girl role, like, you guys want to boo me, then you too, like, I'll be the bad guy kind of thing. I love that. I love that. Embrace it. Kyler Phillips... Marcelo Rojo, man, this was a tough one. I have met Marcelo and trained with Marcelo. Very good dude. Very, like, macho. Loves to fight. Um, wears his heart on his sleeve. Wants to make his countrymen proud. And uh, I think it's a tough out for a lot of guys. But Kyla Phillips was just on another level that night. That sequence from the takedown into mount from like the Kimura into mount and then stepping over into the mounted triangle 
and then fall into his back, or maybe Marcelo swept him, making the transition and getting the belly down armbar finish. Beautiful. That is high level BJJ shit right there. High level. Super high level. But his footwork, the spinning attacks, the combinations, then the calf kicks. Marcelo got away from the calf, ki calf kicks in the beginning. He threw like two back to back that landed in the span of like three seconds or maybe four. And he kind of got away from it. And then Phillips started to say, like, okay, it's my turn to start using these calf kicks and start to really beat up that lead leg of Marcelo. And um, I think that really opened up more of his attacks up top. And he just kind of just started to run away with the fight. Um, and from there, it got relatively one-sided where Marcelo was having some success, but for the most part, Kyler Phillips was clearly the guy that anyone could see from the outside looking in. Like, he's definitely controlling and, and doing what he wants to do in this fight right now. Um, Marcelo's going to need to switch something up. Uh, every time he pushed forward, Phillips would bounce out, and then he spins back to center. And it just shows the high level of footwork within this UFC bantamweight division and the fight IQ of a lot of these fighters that are super young coming up right now. Who And he also trains with um, Sean O'Malley, and you can kind of see a similarity in their footwork style. He's 26 years old. Um, so congrats to Phillips for getting a big, big win after coming off that loss to Paiva, which he was dominating. Then you got Ronnie Lawrence. You got Carlos Olberg wins over Fabio Chiron. Ronnie Lawrence, big win over Mana Martinez. Another bandweight staple showing so much promise. Um, his chin, I will say, it looked like it might be suspect. Maybe. But that tack that sat him down, I believe it was a spinning back fist. It's some spinning shit. You know, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I, I do believe... Maybe his chin is questionable because there was other moments where he got clipped, but he was already hurt. So I'm just being, this is fair. He was already hurt, but then he got hit again. It looked like he kind of went limp for a little bit and then came right back. Um, Mana tried to put it on him, tried to get him out of there in that third round because Ronnie was just teeing him up. I think he dropped him three times before that. Um, he was shut step in, circle, lateral footwork, and then he'll step in and kind of do like a, almost like he'll throw the left. And almost like a karate blitzing style. And then shoot that right hand right down the middle. Tag Martinez straight on the chin and sit him down. Almost like, boom. Just like, um, almost like a Pez head. Like, say you walk and you turn. And you just run right into somebody's fist. And then the Pez head just pops up. <laughs> but Ronnie looked great. He never wrestled traditionally in high school or anything like that from what they were saying. And his wrestling looked like, like high level. Like the guy understands MMA wrestling understands transitions, even when he was taking shots that got stuffed, getting back up and looking for that second and third attack, I think that shows a lot of promise and shows where his fight IQ is and shows how good this division just is, man. I can't stop saying he's 29 years old, only two fights so far in the UFC, I believe. Yes, after coming off the contender series, both of his last three performances were super high level and it showed a lot of promise. And where this kid is and where he's going to be. Mono Martinez, tough one, but never quit the entire time. Trains with Anthony um, Adrianis. And also went down to go train with uh, James Krause at Glory in Kansas, Missouri, I believe it is. Or Kansas City. I just, I'm just going to say Kansas. Which one? I don't know. But uh, Adrianis was in his corner. James Krause was in his corner. Tried to do what he could do. Um, I like the coaching, saying like... At this point, like, what are you going to do? Like, 
you're already down two rounds. What's the worst that's going to happen? You lose? Like, you're already losing. Like, what is the worst that's going to happen? Nothing else matters. Like, go out there and go get it. And he went after it in that third round. Had Ronnie hurt. Almost made the comeback. And, yeah. But Ronnie Lawrence was able to solidify that and get the job done. This next one was very interesting. Jacob Malkoon, AJ Dobson. I, a guy I didn't know much about. Um, debut fight. Mark Coleman in his corner. One thing I will say, like, Malkoon did what he had to do. Got the takedowns. Stay busy enough to keep the ref off of him from them standing the fight back up. But the coaching, when you just say get up, just get up, stand up now, there's no technical advice there. And even you see this a lot in the wrestling community. Just stand up. Just stand up. It's like, coach, I'm I'm trying. You don't think if, if I could stand up, I, I I would? Like, I'm I'm actually trying. Would you like to help me and let me know what I can do to try to stand up based on what my opponent is doing to me that is keeping me down? That's it. That's the only criticism I really, really had. I, I think the corner dropped the ball on that. Um, Mark Coleman's a legend, so maybe his wrestling pedigree, he probably just forgets that what he knows isn't necessarily what this guy knows. And for him to probably get up in that situation, Dobson clearly wasn't able to get up in that situation. Did a great job in round one stopping the takedowns, but then in rounds two and three just could not keep Malkoon off of him. And beginning of the end, it was kind of like a slow, slow death. Um, and Malkoon gets a big win by decision after being a huge underdog. Both guys are now 6-1 in their careers. Douglas De Andrade Silva beats Sergey Marozov. This fight was insanity. Crazy fight. Crazy. Another bonus for DeAndrage. I see these guys at the PI all the time. He is yoked. I don't even know how the hell he walks. Like, how do you even make 135? Um, super vascular. The guy looks strong as shit. He looks like he probably can put up three plates, bench press, and probably four plates on the squats. That's what he looks like. Um, kind of has, has like a Marlon Marais kind of physique. Um, big win for him, though, and big comeback win. For him because he was getting crushed in that early round one and somehow round two comes back hard of a tiger and I tweeted this he's not the most technical guy you'll see him like um, warming up and you see the way he moves it's kind of a little stiff or a little awkward looking but he has the ultimate equalizer that makes up for his technique which is power raw power he connects he's putting you out putting you to sleep and for him to get the rear naked choke finish after hurting uh, Marozov the way he did. And Marozov, I thought his game plan was going to be to wrestle. Came out striking, looked phenomenal, put her paces on DeAndraj, bloodied him up bad, looked like he was going to get him out of there, cut him with that elbow, um, and then decided to wrestle when he needed to wrestle. But then in the second round, he got clipped. I think he got a little too comfortable. And you can always say that you, you're always good until you're not, right? So I think it's a little unfair to say, he got too comfortable where I just think he was just having success. And then DeAndrade was able to just find an opening and capitalize. He landed and he was able to put the touches on Marzov and not let him off the hook when he had him hurt. And that's what you're supposed to do um, as a veteran, as a guy who's been around. He fought a guy. He fought Peter Jan. Go back and look at that fight with Peter Jan. He, he, he's a tough dude. Jan pretty much broke him by just the constant pressure and staying in his face and not allowing Andrade to get off on those haymakers cleanly. And uh, Marozov, I think, just got a little too comfortable where he left the opening. And again, I think Andrade just found the opening and uh, capitalized on it. And when he connects, 
it's a hard connection. That guy is a very, very strong and powerful man, and you, we saw it. You get touched, you're going to sleep. Or you're going to be on wobbly legs. Um, but other than that, that's all we're going to do for this podcast. I, I thank you guys for always tuning in. I'm going to get ready to, to hit my second training session for the day. Happy Valentine's Day. Make sure you guys stay safe. Um, tell your loved ones that you love them, of course. And uh, do what it do, baby. See you guys later. As always, if you like my shit, subscribe to my shit. Come on. Hit that subscribe button. Or spin it back to this, baby. See you guys later. Peace.